Welcome to the Finding Backcountry Podcast with your host, Dustin Whitwer. I am Dustin Whitwer, and this is the Finding Backcountry Podcast. Follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Finding Backcountry Podcast. This one's a solo episode, as you could probably tell. Um, Hoping to make this one short and sweet, just... uh, you know, wanted to update the hunt series. So hopefully you guys have been enjoying the consistency of the guests and the quality of the guests too, I might add. Uh, I feel like I'm really bringing it, you know. I feel like I'm I'm back in my groove and just putting a lot of pressure on myself, honestly, to keep, uh, keep bringing these guests and just bringing straight fire and I even mixed in an elk episode for some of you guys that love the elk hunting. So <laughs> anyway, um, just as it always does, you know, when I pick this thing back up, I am overwhelmed at the number of guys that reach out to me and let me know that they're listening and that they enjoy it. And um, It's just, it's very, very humbling. And so I appreciate it. And let me know if there's anything that I can do to bring more value, a guest, a topic, a question that you may or may not want my opinion on. Usually get it anyway, but um, yeah. So a little update with me. Um, got back from, you know, I think something that just popped in my head here that I didn't write down that I think is worth um, updating you guys because... A lot of you guys kind of followed along through a lot of my life here the last few years. Um, and that's the, the foster kids that we had, um, you know, happy and, and sad, happy and sad to say that, um, they went back with their, their mom and dad, um, kind of on a probationary type of a thing, but, um, good for them, right? Mom and dad got their kind of got their act together, I guess, uh, to the point where the, uh, you know, the people in charge decided that they had earned the right to get the, the boys back. And, and so that's good. Um, you know, not to get too deep and too spiritual right off the bat here. And again, I didn't, this is not in my notes. Just, um, Jen and I had just gone to the park today and had lunch with them. Uh, it was, it was one of them's, uh, birthday recently. And so it's, man, it's, it's, I'll tell you what, um, it's nice to be back. One thing is it's nice to be back in the, almost like the fun uncle role. (laughs) We we can just sure cupcakes. Sure. Ice cream sandwich for your birthday. Sure. Before your dinner. Sure. We don't care. (laughs) Uh, whereas before, you know how it is like, no, 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 you got to eat this. No, don't give them that. They can't eat this. And you're so much more stressed about, uh, anyway. Um, and so they're just on my mind, you know, good, good for them. I think that, um, I think that God designed this life, 
to be experienced with our families. Um, and that's for good reason. You know, um, I think that each parent has a specific role. Um, I think that that's becoming eroded in the, in the world that we live in. And, and so good, good for them. Good for those, the boys, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's tough. It was tough on us, you know, cause we, we obviously, uh, had a lot of love for him and went through a lot of stuff, but, um, it's good. It's another chapter, you know, and, and like you said, worst case is we just stay in that kind of fun aunt and uncle role. And, um, and that's awesome too. We can, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of us have a lot of really good mentors in our lives, um, who aren't necessarily our parents, you know, our parents provide, like I said, they, they provide a specific role and, um, sometimes it's, you know, I, I can attest, right. My dad and I, um, you know, we always found common ground, but we kind of butted heads a little bit. Um, you know, especially in my teenage years, cause we were, we were the same, but we were different and you know, whatever, but, but there's other people in the community. And, and again, my dad filled a role that he, that he needed to, he was my dad. Um, and I, I love him to death for it now. Um, at the time it's a little, harder sometimes but um there was other people in the community um that you know were people that i looked up to as well and they you know they obviously weren't my parents and so uh, we can just we can help others you know in a lot of different ways and situations and roles so that being said um <laughs> this will sound this will sound, I don't know how it'll sound, but Jen and I, we had actually had this plan for, for months. Um, we just got back from a week long vacation last weekend. We flew across the country, went and sat on a beach, uh, checked out New Orleans for a day or two, which was kind of crazy and cool. Um, and then went over to Florida and sat on a beach for three or four days. And it was, it was awesome. Um, yeah, got sunburns and, um, went running every day, you know, along the beach, so to speak. And just, it was good, but, um, what else? I'm going to talk about that at the end. This next thing that I wrote down. So let's jump into the reason that hopefully the reason that your hair, geez, I don't know. Maybe you come to hear me talk about my <clears throat> personal life and maybe you come to talk about hunting stuff. I don't know, but, um, kind of update on again, the hunt series. And I, I'm determined to just keep this, you know, relatively updated throughout the year. Uh, and the point of this, if you just happen to catch an episode is trying to just basically document, uh, verbally where my head's at at any given time throughout the year, you know, through the, you know, pre-planning of applying for hunts, actually committing and applying, um, you know, waiting, uh, pre-season, springtime what i'm doing you know just the whole deal here um you know getting out and going hiking and staying in shape and maybe a bear hunt and summer scouting and we're just going to go through the whole thing and you know if you follow along maybe you'll find some value at any given time um and if not maybe it'll just be entertaining to listen to me you know probably fall on my face like i did last year <laughs> chasing chasing deer that didn't exist or that I couldn't find, um, you know, and falling on my face, so to speak and failing big time. 
um, and just the process of going through that and all that. But so that being said, um, first thing, you know, there are some applications that have already been turned in and deadlines that are passed. Um, and I'll just kind of go through those and kind of what I'm in and where my mindset was when I put in. So, you know, won't necessarily help anyone if they're looking for my advice on these states because the deadline I think's already passed. But um, Utah, so Utah apps are in. I love hunting Utah in general. Uh, that being said, I was pretty deliberate with some of the dates and stuff that I chose. And what I mean by that is if you followed me last year or kind of, you know, know what I'm about, um, man, my like Septembers are just, gosh, I wish September was 60 days long. Um, you know, and that there was two middles of Septembers and it's just, there's so many great hunts that I love the high country stuff. And there's a mix of bow hunting and some, you know, Colorado muzzy and Wyoming here. We, you know, we start with the archery and then it, right in the middle of September, we can pick up a rifle and the high country, um, you know, all the way to the, you know, some of the tags that my buddies draw could be archery tags, you know, elk or whatever. And so I stack, I have so many precious or so little precious, you know, days in September that I can, you know, get away with without losing my job and my wife and, um, and just stacking hunts. I mean, just, you know, for example, that I've talked about this, that muzzy hunt in Colorado, you basically can't do that and dedicate fully to that, that transition like week where I can hunt the rifle in Wyoming for deer. And so do I do both? Do I go down for like, you know, kind of, you know, half-heartedly go down and hunt one for three days and then come back and bomb in and, you know, be there opening morning and try to hunt the next one for a few days. I mean, so it just, they, some of them, they're just stacked so much on top of each other that you don't have a choice to separate them anyway. And you have to choose, you know, but some of them, it's like, man, I can hunt this one at the first, but then I got to hunt this one in the middle. And then I got to hunt this one at the end or whatever. So that being said, uh, I went late on deer, most of my deer stuff. I, you know, just, they have some late muzzy general uh, deer tags that are enticing for me. You know, they, to this point, they haven't um, changed the scope regulations. And, and even if they did, frankly, I don't, I don't care. Um, it's nice, nice to shoot a buck with a muzzle loader, you know, 350 yards like I did a few years back um, with a fancy scope. But I also... You know, like I said, one of my favorite hunts is that Colorado open sight muzzleloader tag. So I couldn't care less. It doesn't mean that I don't have an opinion one way or the other about what their motives are and why they're, you know, maybe choosing. If you're not up to speed, you know, Utah's going through a lot of changes right now. Um, you know, and they've, they're, they're shaking things up and it's a really weird, um, it's a weird feeling as a hunter because, you know, you can send off these emails and you can even show up in these meetings. And at the end of the day, I, I feel like the people in charge, whether that's, you know, the committee members or the, whoever it is, right. The biologists, whatever, they just got so much racket coming from 15,000 directions. Everyone's got an opinion. Nobody agrees. 
we need, you know, better quality. We need more opportunity. We need more opportunity with better quality. We need, you know, we need whatever, right? More tags, less tags. We need, you know, truck cameras. We don't need truck cameras. I mean, they just, they can't win. Put yourself in their shoes. They can't win. And so, I don't know what happens. You know, to me, it feels like a lot of times they just, you know, I don't know. They, whatever they make a decision based on the money and everyone hates that right then they really get people pissed <laughs> if that's what they're doing it for you know what what ends up happening a lot of times these legislations can be passed and it's just like it seems like that's just like boom that's into law and that's done you know and and maybe they're doing that because they sit back and no change gets made and then these people that have been through that process they get into a position where they can do something like that and boom they do it and you know, all of a sudden, trail cameras, you can't use them. And they're talking about taking muzzleloader scopes off and completely demolishing or shaking up the bonus point system in Utah that's, you know, point creep and blah, 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 blah. So <clears throat> all that being said, um, you know, it, well, you know what? As a side note to that, it's just a, it's a, it's another testament that you just need to hunt and you need to hunt more often. And as much as you can possibly help, unless you're, unless you're very, very aware of what you're doing and what state you're building a bunch of bonus points in, stop building bonus points. Within reason, stop hoarding a bunch of bonus points because here's what happens is you get in these states where you, it could go either way. You know, there's, there's plenty of tags that a lot of these guys who now have 20, 22, 25 or more bonus points in Utah for elk or deer that they could have drawn. But you know what? They fell in to that nasty little trap. And that nasty little trap was they started down this road back in, oh, I don't know, say early 2000s probably, right? When we were just, these guys were tipping over 400 after 400 after 400 inch bull in Utah. And guys started jumping in. Maybe they were 18. Maybe they were 20. Maybe they were 16 or whatever at the time. You know, about like I was. And they started jumping in. And guess what? They probably saw that. And they like, Frick, I want my 400-inch bull out of Utah. I'm willing to wait. Perfect. Well, they start hoarding bonus points. And bonus points because, you know, at the time it took 15. And then it took 16. And then it took 17. I'll get there, you know, won't you? 17 and then 18 and then 19 and now it's 2022 you know and it's been 20 25 years for some of these guys and and guess what two things there aren't as many 400 inch bulls right that's the first lesson is like things are constantly changing and you can't just you know look at a unit or a hunt or a state and just assume oh, this is the rant that i didn't want to go on i'm sorry but you can't just assume that you know, oh, it's going to be, you know, the Gunnison Basin in Colorado for deer is going to be that way forever or whatever, right? The, you know, elk hunting in Utah premium units is going to be the way that it is right now. It You just can't do it. There's too many factors. There's too many things, too many other people involved that as soon as you make that assumption and so a little bit of self-awareness here, if people could really admit why they're so frustrated about some of these things getting upturned, I bet you it's because they made an assumption that certain number of points equal to certain size animal, right? Tell me I'm wrong. And now that's ta they're talking about being upended because of this reason or that reason, and people feel entitled. They think that because they have 25 bonus points, that equals X quality or X size of bull or X type of hunter, whatever. 
That is just flat out not how it works. Nobody said this thing was fair. Nobody said that you were guaranteed anything. Nobody said that if you put in your time that we would have some 450-inch bull tied up for you or anything like that, right? There were plenty of opportunities and plenty of units and plenty of hunts. Frankly, here's the punchline. Most of these guys would have went on and seen the first 336 point and they would have tipped it over. And they would have been so stinking happy with it. But they, you know, whatever, they fell into that trap. And that's just my little soapbox rant on, you know, people. Because I, I don't, you know, I don't, I wouldn't like it either if I had 20 something, 25 points. That, I mean, frankly, in the state of Utah, that just gives me anxiety. I do have states where I, I'll have, I'll be happy to build, you know, 25 points. But, you know, Arizona deer, for example, probably is a good one. Or, you know, Nevada, Nevada elk or whatever. If it takes that long, it takes that long. But guess what? If I get there in 25 years and the whole thing is shook up and it all changes, like it's not, it's not my only hunt. And, and hopefully I'll have enough self-awareness and, and accountability and lack of entitlement to say, you know what? Like that's the way it falls, right? I took, that's the risk that I took. You know, because with those points comes risk. And the longer you wait, the more risky it gets. And and that's the way it goes, right? And so, man, the moral of the story here is just burn your points as often as you legitimately think that you can. Um, man, I just, I really think guys that have a better experience that they just let go of some expectation for some point for some unit that, you know, unless that's your thing, right? I mean, if like I said, if that's your thing or if that's your state or if that's your hunt or whatever, like... You know, if I'm a Wyoming resident, I don't need to go, you know, I'm good waiting in Nevada for 20 years for my premium experience elk tag. And I've even hunted those tags, right? I've been there. I I know how good it is, but I can get an elk tag every year up here and I can draw, you know, a, a limited draw type of tag, you know, probably every, I don't know, three, four, five years or whatever on average. And so I'm okay with it. And, you know. If anybody hears any complaining about me, if Nevada demolished or disassembled their bonus point system and I had 25 points, then we can replay this back and you guys can put me on the spot. But anyway, that was literally the rant that I didn't want to go on. Here's the point. I went late in Utah just so I could make sure if I drew something, um, you know, that I had uh, some open time. <laughs> oh, boy. It's going to be a long one if I can't keep it on track here. Um both deer and elk. Hey, those late, I'm telling you, those late Utah rifle elk tags are sleepers. Um, I think it's, I've talked, you know, the last podcast I had with uh, Jace Guyman and I've, you know, done some research with some other guys. Like, I think those late tags in the right units can be a little bit of sleepers in Utah. So, uh, and of course, I didn't do any antelope there, just bonus points, you know, and then of course I, you know, sheep and, goat or whatever else i put in for anything that'll let me those once in a lifetime type deals of course i'm gonna put in for those okay moving on new mexico i think new mexico is over i believe like the middle of the month march something 16th i frankly i don't know if i'm in or not and here's why this is the one state that i use a service uh from wta because they front the tag money for a small fee. Now, full disclosure, we use them through my work. And because of that, I get a little bit of a discount off of what their fee would be. 
but I've looked at what their actual fee would be and maybe not for like the whole gamut of species. You know, I, I might not be able to afford them, but I would be able to afford them, you know, to do the big ones that I normally. So what I'm talking about is New Mexico. Like if you want to put in for desert sheep in New Mexico, which could, or Rockies, either one, which could just be an awesome hunt down there. You got to front the entire tag fee, like three grand, I think. That's a lot of money to front for, I don't know. I honestly don't know. It could be a month. It could be three months. I can't remember how long they hold your money before they drop it. The point is like, that's a lot to front up, right? Without like putting debt on a credit card. And so for like a fraction of the cost, call it, you know, I don't know, I, I hundred bucks or whatever it might be. Um, you pay the fee to them, you know, and some guys out there might be saying, well, you might as well put it on a credit card and get the points anyway. Right. Honestly, like financially, you, it might be better in your, in, you know, in your case, they're also, you know, if you need someone to direct you, um, they can do that and help you, you know, along with a lot of other services or whatever out there. Um, but for me, it made sense with the discount. It makes sense. Right. So you just have to do your own research there and see if it's worth it. Cause it, it you know, whatever it might be worth it on your credit card. You know, if that's the route you got to go to get in, um, probably don't do that. But, um, if it is, you know, might still make sense cost you less with the credit card fees or whatever than it would to pay them. I don't know, but for me, it made sense. So the punchline is they put me in for, you know, three or four tags. One thing I did do, I emailed them back and I did not, this is a big one for me. Okay. And again, I get these apps at discounted rates. I did not have them put me in for elk and I did not have them put me in for Audat. I pulled those apps and that that's me eating my own dog food right there. That's me making my own bed and sleeping in it. And what I mean by that is some of those hunts are just like, they're so far and the dates was just, oh man, the good ones are right in the middle of like some of these other hunts that I want to do. And so I just said, you know what? Like I really want, I would really love to go kill a big bull in New Mexico, but it's like, if I had to prioritize everything right now, you know, that and Audet, I've already killed one down there. And for the, so for the time, it's like, you know, not in the top 10, so to speak. And so I pulled them. So I did, I did the New Mexico deer and then the, you know, the crazy ones, the Ibex and the sheep and all that. Colorado, Colorado's giving me a lot of stress. It's coming up like this week or late next week or something like that here within a week or two. And again, uh, you guys probably understand my debacle here. The archery hunt is, I hate, you know what I hate? I hate that they pushed that archery hunt back, the archery deer, to open the, like, September 2nd. When it was, like, August 26th or 5th or whatever it was, that was perfect. Because you had enough time to, like, go down, bomb down for a whole week, take a week off of work, come back, you know, and you could, I could get, like, two weeks of work in before I went here in Wyoming, you know, if it was like it used to be. But now it's, like, stacked so close that, you know, if I take the, necessary time that I should to dedicate to that type of a hunt, which is, you know, at least seven days, five days worth of hunting. If I get like two scouting days or seven days of hunting, if I show up right when I'm, you know, when the season's open, it's like really hard to come back and like, you know, within, you know, whatever, five, four or five days, I'm back heading into Wyoming. So I don't know. Here's what I am determined. I am going to hunt my butt off 
with my bow on on a given hunt now that might be the week or two on the wyoming hunt and i'll go chase them around up here that might be colorado and then i do the muzzy or you know i can hit the rifle up here i can hit the last week of the rifle you know in in either region g or region h i can do that as a resident and that last week can be good so i don't know what i'm doing in colorado it's stressing me you know then you get into like there's second choice options and you know i've already got i think a point down there and i just went on a rant 20 minute rant about not holding on to bonus points but it's <laughs> it's so tempting Here's the thing in Colorado, I don't see that as holding on to bonus points the same way that it is in a state like Utah because I can either draw my second choice, still keep a bonus, get gain a bonus point, or I can also pick up a tag in their leftovers, which I've done before, and they'll still award you your bonus point and they don't take your bonus points for those. And so, ironically, it's a state that I feel like you should hunt often, all the time, every year, especially for mule deer. And yet it's like one that you could be backdooring and, you know, storing a whole bunch of points, um, you know, if you played your cards right and had a unit that you were really gunning for. Now, the units that I like to hunt down there, I mean, they're nothing special. And so, you know, one or two points or whatever, and I'm just going to cash them in and kind of do that, you know, every two or three years. But so I don't know. Um, I'll just get an elk point again, you know, and again, that's a state. Again, after all that being said, the reason that I just build points in uh, Colorado for elk is I just I don't really care for hunting elk in Colorado right now. And if I'm going to go down there, it better be bomb. And so guess what? I don't care. Like 10, 15, 20. I don't care. I don't even know what I'm up to, 6 or 7 or whatever it is. But like I'll just keep stacking those until it's just absolute right time to strike when all the stars align and it's like, Oh, this is the year to go hunt elk in Colorado. Cause it's, just, I just don't care. You got, again, I got four other States or whatever that I'd rather go hunt elk in than Colorado right now. So, uh, I finally got enough points to apply for sheep and moose. And so I'll probably do that. Um, you know, the way that works in there, you got to get three preference points. Yeah. You got to get three preference points before you're even considered in the main draw. And then, after that you start stacking bonus points if you choose to to get them the advice i've heard from a lot of guys just get your three to get in for the most part and then sit right there because those weighted bonus points whatever they call them they don't really um it's the way i understand it could be completely wrong is it's not like a state like nevada which it should be in my opinion it should be those extra bonus points on i like the preference point thing i like the minimum price to entry right you know i made this point with my old man i think on episode whatever where i think guys should have to get like five or ten sheep points to even be considered in the draw so you don't have you know again i hate to say it but so you don't have some you know punk 16 year old that draws with two points pulling sheep tags from guys who have 10 15 20 30 or whatever so I'm fine with that. For Colorado, it's three. I think it should be more maybe. But then, um, you know, weed out guys who aren't as serious or whatever. I don't know what that would do. But then I think the bonus points should be squared like Nevada because just adding a bonus point each year doesn't, you know, if it's just one, like the difference between nine and eight, it's not that big a deal. Now, if you square and everything 
and you understand math, the difference between 8 squared and 9 squared is substantially more, right? 64 and 81, whatever that delta is. And so then it really starts compounding every point that you get exponentially increases your out the drawn attack. So I think that's the simple fix there is reward guys for staying in it longer with more bonus points. Or they just keep how it is and whatever. You get three and then you're in and maybe you draw with three plus zero and maybe you draw with three plus 20. It won't matter. But it seems silly. Or I wrote right here, or I could scratch all that and just get points for everything and purely focus on Wyoming deer. Do you, would you guys be so happy with me or impressed or do you think I should spread my wings and hit a couple different spots or should I just focus on Wyoming deer? On the one hand, it gives me anxiety thinking about like all the tags I wouldn't draw. Honestly, like part of the game for me is like how I can accumulate and, you know, acquire these tags every year. Honestly, I love it. Like it's so much fun. On the flip side, like I would be so proud of myself if I just forced myself to not have any other hunts except like Wyoming deer. And that was it, right? Kind of old school days. Like when I was growing up, my dad and I were talking about just, you just had one deer tag and it was like, yeah, I drew a deer tag and it's in the same unit that we've hunted a million times. And it was like, Hey, we get two weekends this year. It's a big, big year. We get two weekends or something. And I would get a heck of a lot more time than that, which would, what would make it special. And it would just, I think it'd be the mature thing to do. Um, but I never, I never claimed to be mature, so I don't know what I'm going to do. But I wonder what your guys' opinion is on that. Then, see, in the next note that I wrote, like, I would really, I would actually like to have two quality mule deer tags. So whether that's a mixture of Colorado. I've, hey, back to Colorado, I, I've never been a second or third season type of guy or even fourth or whatever, but. I think the force probably more overrated than it's worth waiting for in most units, but like second or third, like go down there and just kind of pound the hills looking for a buck chasing does. Like I haven't hunted that way in a long time. Cause I'm mostly hunting, you know, August, September um, or early mid October. So like having a November deer tag down there, that'd be kind of cool. You know, go learn some unit. Um, here's the thing that turns me off is I feel like, and I'm, I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong. Cause I just haven't researched it, but, I feel like where most of those type of hunts take place with those good like third season Colorado tags is not really like roadless. You know, it's not like the roadless remote backcountry that I like to get into. Um, and man, the thing that would like, I just hear these horror stories, like my buddies at Epic Outdoors and they're talking about going over there third season or second season and they're just freaking orange everywhere. And if I wanted that, I'd go hunt the general uh, Utah rifle tag, you know, and I just, anyway, so I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Please tell me I'm wrong. You don't have to give me a specific unit or anything. Just tell me like, Hey man, like there's some second, third season, third season. There's some third season tags in Colorado that like, there's still some remote backcountry That's not high, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know if that exists. I need to do some research there. That's where. That see, this is the point of this. This is where my head's at right now on this, and this is stuff that I just, you know, been bombing into when I have free time. But okay, I think that's about it. Um, yeah, states that I'm not planning on drawing anything on. I just wrote like a side note here, like 
literally not planning on drawing anything in Nevada. Um, nothing in Arizona. Uh, honestly, not planning on drawing anything in Utah. Um, I do party apply there with my wife on elk, I believe, and she's got more elk points than I do. So it's like, you know, it's like reasonable that we could, you know, sneak those elk tags, those late elk tags or something, but I'm not planning on it. Statistically, we won't. Or New Mexico, same deal. I just, some of the stuff I applied for, the deer and everything is just so far out there. So, whoo, I feel like I didn't take a breath. I didn't have a sip of water or anything. I'm just in here in my, my hunting room, which is just ransacked, not ransacked right now, but it does have a lot of crap in it. And here's why I am working on something. And I feel, I hope it's going to be pretty big. Um, I'm not quite ready to like, you know, give real, uh, you know, a lot of real deep details yet, but I will say, um, what should I say? <laughs> what do you guys want me to say right now? Um, it's, it's not, you know, it's not going to be anything crazy. I'm not leaving my job or anything like that. It's just going to be a little side hustle, I think. You know, maybe something like Jen's, Jen's a teacher, so she gets the summers off. And, you know, we've talked about just, hey, you know, how can we build a little side hustle type of a deal or whatever that she could kind of, you know, especially in the summertime, this would be a hot summertime business, um, you know, and she could kind of man and kind of help on the, you know, the back end or whatever. And I could help on the front end, you know, with the business side and the, you know, content and stuff like that. But, um the two hints I will say um, it's 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 focused around two things that I just I love it's like two of my favorite things in the whole world um, backpacking and food and that's that's what you're getting I love backpacking and I love food um, and that's that's what you're getting for now and so stay tuned I think I think it might be of interest to a lot of you it was born out of pure uh, what's the cliche like pure necessity for me right it literally was it's just like I am sick and tired of this aspect of of you know a part of one of my passions <laughs> not going too deep and so I you know I had a problem and I solved it and um, you know not that other people aren't smart enough to this is nothing crazy but it's just something that I'm gonna do so uh, trust me you guys will know before anybody okay and i appreciate you guys listening and tagging along so thanks thanks for listening you guys are crazy for listening to me ramble and rant so i appreciate it uh please hit me up uh i'm either you know at dustin whitwer on instagram uh i toggle back and forth between the at team backcountry at finding period backcountry period podcast um, and then email team backcountry at gmail.com. So hit me up and thanks for listening guys. See ya. Hey everybody. Thank you for listening to the finding backcountry podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends, but the best thing you can do, leave a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. For notes and links to this and other episodes, please visit 
FindingBackCountry.com.